Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Hey, 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 what's up, Lake My Young Adults? It's Lewis here, one of the leaders on the team. And um, thanks for tuning. This is the first time we're doing anything like this at Lake My Young Adults. But we uh, had an amazing guy come in a few weeks ago, uh, Mr. AJ Dogleash. Dogleash, um, close. <laughs> Dogleash. He came in a few weeks ago and he gave an amazing um, sermon about calling. And um, we're hearing a lot of follow-up questions about the sermon, so wanted to do a, a bit of a, a long-form interview to follow up on that and get some of those questions answered. So, yeah, thanks for the questions you guys sent in, and hopefully today will be, um, yeah, sh- a semi-short-ish conversation that can bring more insight into the topic of calling and specifically what that looks like um, in this season and uh, as young adults. So. Yeah, thanks for being here, AJ. Yeah. So stoked to have you. Yeah. You're such a legend, man. Thanks, buddy. I'm honored um, to be here. So yeah, yeah you're, you're the best, man. So thanks, um, to start, I just wanted to kind of reintroduce you a little bit. Sure. So, yeah, go for it. You are father of two amazing kids. Yep. Husband to Becca, world class yeah. vocalist, <laughs> worship leader. True. Um, entrepreneur, business leader. Yep, business owner. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I lead worship here. Yeah, um, I'm a deacon now. Yeah, as of Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll that's we dig awesome. into that a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, and you like you've basically grown up at Lake Mount, right? Yeah, so I was born coming here. My yeah. family left when I was in I think grade three or four. Yeah, and then uh, came back in my twenties as an adult, but would come in every once in a while. My grandparents were part of planting the church originally. So there was yeah. always roots here. And until my grandpa passed away in 2020, they never left. Yeah. So there was always a connection to the house. So, right. um, and pastor Matt speaking at, uh, the young adults group back in the day used to be called yeah. worship in the word. And before ha- oh. that was Tehillah. And so we would pop in me and my friends from another church, we'd come and we'd just check it out or me and my brother or whatever, yeah. And so there was always kind of a connection, but never, never to this degree, obviously. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned there that you were, you became a deacon again. Yes. This, this past week. What, what yeah. is, what does that mean to be a deacon? Yeah. So a deacon is a volunteer position where, um, you're voted in by the members of the church. Yeah. And uh, it is a biblical position. Actually, it goes back to Acts 6, where the 12 apostles were busy doing so much of the hands-on work and still trying to um, preach and teach the people um, that somebody, a wiser person, said, it's not good for you to be doing this. You should be focusing on teaching and the preaching of the word. And you should raise up people that are deacons to take care of more of the hands-on stuff. So that was where it originated Um, here at Lake Mount. The way we, our position is less like we're the ones hands-on setting up tables. Um, 
there are some boards where if you are on the board at a church, you would actually have to preach every once in a while. That's not a requirement here at Lake Mount. Um, really, we're more of a government model, governing model. So that means basically we look at the finances and we're eyes on but hands off. So we're not we're not controlling things day-to-day operation. It's more here's a budget and they work from that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. That's the very like Cole's notes version of it, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that totally makes sense considering you've been here for like, did you say 10? 12 years 12 now. years. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious in your 12 years of being like really deeply plugged into, um, you know, this family of, of Lake Mount, mm-hmm. what have you learned about the importance of, yeah, spiritual family and, and belonging to um, one yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spiritual family is important. I mean, it's, it's to some people who don't have like a family that's close by or family that's really in their lives. They need community. They need people that can almost fill in those spaces. Right. So I see like um, a lot of people will find a good, healthy church family, find a really good, healthy church connection Mm-hmm. And that will fill in for spots where maybe instead, if you didn't have that, you'd be turning to other avenues for that community, right? right? So, like, I mean, if you weren't coming to church and you were trying to find a wife, maybe you'd be going to the bar instead of coming to young adults on a Monday <laughs> night, right? Or or sitting on Sunday and having your head on a swivel in the front row looking for a, a pretty lady, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but... Being part of the church family, yeah. right, it, it allows you those opportunities is, is yeah. what I'm getting at, right? So yeah. I think there's good health in that as well, no, in a good, healthy church so good. environment. So yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that was an important question for me to bring up, particularly, like, that's been really on my heart, because I think that particularly mm-hmm. in our generation, it's easy to have, and especially as guys, I think it's it's easy to have that mentality of, I'm going to be you know, maverick and do my own thing. And, yeah. you know, especially in our twenties where we're just going our, you know, carve a path for our own lives and to do things alone. Um, for but sure. yeah, I think that spiritual families is, is a revelation, I think for, yeah, people in, in our stage of life and in the twenties. So yeah. yeah, thanks for addressing that so beautifully. Yeah, no, you, you brought up a good point about like guys in your age bracket, less yeah. my age bracket, but maybe more yours, where they do start to feel like maybe maybe they could do a better job. Or there's also the thought of like, um, I don't need to go to church because we are the church. So anywhere I go, I, I am know, a church, yeah. right? So Especially over COVID, that idea really kind of... It did. Know, like, but then you see a lot yeah. of people, like kind of the aftermath of that is all the deconstruction has really come from that, right? Oh, people yeah. deconstructing their faith. And yeah. There's people who would rather just listen to a podcast than be a part of a church family, right? So I think the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the whole understanding, <laughs> Meta, yeah. but the whole understanding of church as a family, that is so important, right? Yeah. So you're not running away from what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 That's be- yeah. And I also think like, and, and to tie this back to like our topic for today with calling, I, mm-hmm. I think we're called to spiritual family. Yeah. And with that, I'm, I'm really wondering, and particularly with your story, I think you mentioned this was like a, one of the, a piece of what you talked about 
during your sermon how you felt called to to be a part of this house. Yeah. Um, and so with specific callings, callings to be a part of a house, a part of a family, a specific church family, what did that look like for you? And what is your, yeah, what has your experience been in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I want to start by saying I'm not an expert on calling, <laughs> right? I, I can speak from my own experience as well as yeah. what I've learned along the way. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good way to start this conversation is the way that God called me won't be the same way he called you, right? It won't be the same way he called another person who might be listening. So Mm -hmm. um, my experience was um, specifically to return back to Lake Mount. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Becca and I were engaged and we knew we wanted to come to a a church where we could have our kids and they could be involved and we could find places where we could get involved um, without carrying the responsibility of like at the time before we came here, I was carrying the responsibility of being the youth pastor as well as the worship pastor. And then any like community outreach we were doing, um, I had taken on that responsibility as well. And that was a lot while working full-time, not at the church, but full-time as a trying to start my business. Right. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it was a lot. Um, So we just needed a spot where we could just be a part of the church. And so mm. Lake Mount was that, but then um, also finding a place where, so I grew up in the church. So finding a place where we didn't just, when it was time for communion, it wasn't just you open the, the Bible and say, uh, like, just read the verses out of Luke, right? Mm-hmm. And then just basically you take the shot of the wine and then you eat the cracker quick, right? That has been my experience with people taking communion at previous churches. Um, What I really valued and still to this day really value and appreciate about this house is that Pastor Matt takes the time to explain it. (laughs) Right, yeah, that's Like anything that's not an uh, every Sunday kind of function, he explains it every time and it's always different. Right. So it's like a mini sermon before communion and baptism, same idea. It's not like we just say, okay, we're going to baptize people now, come up to the front and... You know, there's actually like it's a a whole um, presentation and Pastor Matt explains the difference between getting baptized and like infant baptism, that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, one of our first Sundays here actually was a baptism Sunday and it just blew my mind that there was such good teaching on it. So that was uh, one of the reasons that I felt like I knew this was a good spot. Now, this isn't this isn't a spiritual answer at this point. This is still all in my brain and all in my heart. Right. Yeah. Um, spiritually, I had connection to the house with my grandpa being one of the people that was part of planting it. Um, so knowing that, honestly, I kind of tried to stay away from it because I, I didn't want to carry that as the reason why um, we were here, right? Like right away we became youth leaders and right away we were kind of in that kind of position of responsibility. And I didn't want it to be like, because my grandfather, I wanted it to be by our own merits, our own abilities, our own whatever favor from God mm-hmm. that's on my life and Becca's life, not yeah. what my family had afforded for me before, right? So while I, I don't take that for granted, I hold it at high value. It's like, if you had the opportunity, if your dad owned a business and you had the opportunity to take that business and he would just give it to you and you didn't have to fight for it, you didn't have to earn it, would you do it? 
Probably right. not, right? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Because it's not yeah. as valuable to you as if you were to actually like earn it on your own. So that's true. I guess that was kind of our our positioning and in, in what we were doing when we came to Lake Mount. But um, I would say that in seasons, my calling has been confirmed, and it it continues to be confirmed as to why we are here. Hmm. And um, so, as one of the worship leaders here, uh, I will often have dreams that I'm leading worship. So. If I have dreams where I'm leading worship at another church, there will often be technical things that go wrong or something like that in my dream. Mm -hmm. Like I show up late or whatever, have a wardrobe malfunction, like my belt falls off or something. Like literally I've had all the dreams you can imagine aside from like a naked worship leading dream. But uh, um, whenever I dream about leading worship here at Lake Mount, it's always a positive. It's always something Mm -hmm. where it's like, um, instead of it being focused on the technical, it's more like I can see what God is doing in the congregation. Mm. And so that's why I know, and it continues to be confirmed that way, that we're called to be at Lake Mount for this season, for sure, right? So, mm. yeah. So you mentioned there, you know, confirmation, that being called to this house and um, dreams and how, you know, sometimes God speaks to us in that way. Mm. Yeah. So tell me more about confirmation. What, what did that look like for you? And, um, and that was something you talked about in your message as well. Mm. What what is, what does it mean for God to confirm a calling? Yeah. I, I really was thinking hard about what calling can look like, right? Like, Mm. um, when I was speaking, I brought up like what you are called is, often very closely tied to what you're called to. So for me, in this season, I'm called to be a father of a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. Now my calling to that, I'll still be their father, but five years from now, I can't still be called to a seven and a 10-year-old. I now need to be called to a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, right? So that needs to change. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm called to be a husband in this season, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I pray that never goes away. <laughs> Lord willing until yeah. the grave, right? Yes. So, um, yeah. Now, my calling as a business owner, that could also be taken away from me, right? Yeah. I could have a big, serious business loss. Now, that calling is what I'm called to in this season. doesn't mean I'll be called to that next year even, right? Mm-hmm. So some callings aren't your lifelong calling. They're more a seasonal calling. I think that's really important to clarify that there's a big difference between like your lifelong calling, like the overarching thing, like what you, what you want to be remembered for when you die, what legacy do you want to leave? That isn't what we're talking about. That would be the big calling of your life. And I think honestly, as a 20, 30, I'm almost 40 year old. Can we define that now? I don't think we can, honestly. Hmm. How can I know what my legacy is going to look like? I would like to live until I'm at least 90. So I have another, hopefully, 50 years plus on this earth. That's right. That's right. So I have a lot of time to still form. What will my legacy look like? So mm-hmm. that's not calling. That's legacy, right? Mm-hmm. So more calling is what are you called to now? And also mm-hmm. kind of understanding what's coming next. I think that's important to define, right? Yeah. So what I'm called to right now is not going to look the same as what I'm called to five years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah. is often linked to your title. So you, right. Lewis, you are 
a young adults leader here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a title. You're yeah. called to be a young adults leader in this season. Right. Were you five years ago? No, I wasn't even. Yeah. Right? Yeah, not even disciple. So you have a seasonal calling, yeah. which we would just say I'm called to be on leadership of young adults because I, whatever, and you could fill in the blanks of all the reasons why, right? Yeah. Now, five years from now, maybe you will still feel called and maybe you will still be a leader here. Maybe mm-hmm. you won't be, right? Mm-hmm. We can't necessarily predict that. But yeah, so that's kind of where where you got to think of where your titles Title, line up with yeah. your seasonal calling, right? Yeah, so, like students. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're a son for life. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you are. Come on. When you're near your parents, when you're around your parents, you're a son naturally. Right. But you're also a son of the Father God, right? Mm -hmm. So you're called, your primary calling is to be a son and to, to Jesus, right? That's right. So. Yeah. And so title, um, family. Son, disciple of Jesus. Um, what are some other things that people can be called to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, career is a big thing, right? Yeah. I feel like usually when you're talking about calling. Yeah, like it's often career. Especially in this age bracket, right? Like right. you're like college, university or yeah. whatever, tail end of high school. Or yeah. maybe you're done your degree and you're like, I still don't know what I actually want to do, right? Yeah. And that's fair. Those are all valid questions. So what are you called to? How do you know that? That is a journey, right? That's not something that you can just, um, you can't just make it up, right? Mm-hmm. And it will, it'll move like a current, the way the currents move. It won't look the same for everybody in the process of getting to knowing your calling. won't look the same for everyone, but there are ways to confirm it. There are ways to test it. So, yeah. Yeah. What are those ways? Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd ask. <laughs> so testing your calling, like we talked, uh, when I spoke, I talked about availability, yeah. ability, and the unavoidability That's of your right. calling. That's right. Um, so truly, if you're called to like work as a Christian in a Christian environment, mm. you can confirm that differently than you could outside of it. Okay, yeah, that's good. Because yeah. you wouldn't have your bosses of a non-Christian environment that have zero connection to that speak prophetically to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. That just wouldn't be a thing. So, yeah. Um, but if you're called to a Christian environment, so I'm talking like working at a church or working for a Christian organization, like missions kind of thing, mm. or even... I mean, you name it, Christian radio, being a teacher, professor at a university, like all of that, right? Um, There are ways you can confirm it. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that. That would be being confirmed by people you know, Mm -hmm. who know you, um, can be confirmed by prophetic words is another thing, right? Yes. And then kind of the fruit and experience on your life can confirm it. Um, so then the other ways would be your inner knowings and your heart desires, mm, right? You got to trust that inner feeling. It's the unavoidability I was talking about yeah, before, right? Yeah, I really like that one, yeah. Yeah, it's like you can't get away yeah. from it. Um, and then where are you spiritually, where are you spiritually gifted? And mm-hmm. what are your like naturally or developed skill sets that you carry? So like 
a musician is a really low-hanging fruit in that one, right? Or yeah. actually, I remember we, we spoke, uh, Beck and I just went on a trip to Tennessee and visited a church with some people we knew there. Oh. And I got the chance to speak at a youth group, but it was more of like to just give encouragement. And I really felt led by God. This was the first time I, I, I felt that for somebody else to really just share to a greater group. Hmm. And it was to tell and just encourage the, the youth there that like whatever God has gifted you with, to take that and do it for his glory. So if God has like gifted you to be a really good knitter, like you mm. can take knitting and knit something really like well <laughs> mm-hmm. and do it to the glory of God and do it for his kingdom. I mean, think outside of the box, right? We can all think, oh, if I play guitar or I play piano or I play the drums or some musical instrument, I feel like that is more it's in our faces, right? Because we have worship teams at churches. Right. But take something you're good at. If you're really good at riding horses, you can do that for the glory of God, right? That's true. And that would be (laughs) what you're called to. Yeah. You might be called to prophetic dance, right? You might be called to something that is a developed skill set for sure. Um, So another way it can be confirmed is just by others who are already doing that very thing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I, um, I've actually had this where I've felt really strongly over somebody who I know currently does not lead worship, Mm -hmm. somebody at Young Adults, and I told him, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, I really do believe that you're called to lead worship and you're just in the development stage. Mm. I think I've actually said that to a couple of guys, so you can't guess who I'm talking about, but (laughs) Um, I'm careful with that. Right. Because you don't want to encourage somebody that God isn't actually calling them to that. Mm-hmm. But I've found and I've noticed on my own life when somebody has said to me, um, for example, Pastor Paul really spoke into my teaching mm. gift Yeah. really early on when yeah. nobody else, I shouldn't say nobody else, but I wasn't operating in it. Um, and he allowed me the opportunity to develop in it, knowing that Mm. I wasn't that great at it yet, but I would get better over time. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So having somebody who does it and does it well, tell you, I think that you could do this and I'll give you space to do it. That, Mm -hmm. that changed a big part of my life. Right. Yeah. So that I could have opportunities to teach at the church and teach people but also right. when I'm traveling with the team to Guatemala, I can mm-hmm. I can take the skills I've learned here and preach. I can teach people there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's having amazing. somebody that's already doing it speak into it and call you out. Yeah, like a prophetic huge. encouragement. Yeah. And they confirm it in you. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And absolutely. And that's why I think one thing that we learn in internship is when someone gives you a prophetic word to record it, pull up the, oh, yeah, the for recorder. Oh, yeah, sure. Yep. That's been a game changer. Yes. So, yep. yeah. No, that's that's a good reminder to, to keep doing that. Um, but I'm thinking now, what about the people who feel stirring in their hearts mm-hmm. for something, whether that's, you know, leading worship, low-hanging fruit? Yep. Um, if, if, let's say, a young adult is feeling that unavoidability, that's stirring in their heart, um, but hasn't received any kind of confirmation or prophetic encouragement right. yet. Yeah, what do you what do you do with that? And what, what would you say to someone who, yeah, is in that position? Right. Yeah, I've had somebody approach me 
who doesn't play an instrument but wanted to learn how to be a worship leader. And they wanted to go through a season of trial. Hmm. And I kind of took that as an opportunity to test them a bit. Hmm. Right. As somebody who is already leading worship, I gave them the opportunity. So back a couple years ago, I was in charge of the worship at Young Adults. Hmm. So I had the opportunity to invite this person to practice on Monday before the service. And it's been a couple times, actually, where somebody has come and they've sat in. And I said, sit in and observe how we run practice. Because there's so much more to leading worship than just stepping in front of a mic and singing, right? Mm -hmm. It's knowing how to lead the band, guide the band. And also, you're kind of gauging the atmosphere a bit. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me. Yeah, like stewarding that whole, yeah. So that doesn't come naturally, right? Yeah. (coughs) Absolutely not. Excuse me. Yeah. So it needs to be developed. Yeah. And so you really need to observe it. Right. And then you can start to kind of operate in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and often you will have it confirmed whether that is what you're called to or not through things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. I mean, when Levi first came to Lake Mount, he wasn't mm-hmm. leading worship. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy that was leading um, a band. He could play guitar and he could sing. And he was. He was in a band that were playing all the time they weren't playing Christian music, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but being here and being in the worshipful atmosphere really changed that for him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now he's one of the best ones. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the be- <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Levi. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big point there. And so, there's a process of testing. Yep. That has to that you have to go through if you feel like that's a, a calling for you. And now here's here's a, a bit of a challenging question. Mm-hmm. What if somebody you know feels that stirring that's really strong and goes through the testing process and receives not like discouragement, but it 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 doesn't work out for them. Right. But they still feel like, you know, this is really uh, something I'm really passionate about and, but it didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, how would you mentor someone through that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to the way to confirm it. So back to the availability, your mm-hmm. ability as well as the unavoidability of it. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. If you feel called to be a worship leader Mm -hmm. and you did that example I gave where that person felt unavoidability, they Mm -hmm. felt like this is what God wants for me. They didn't have the, they didn't have a proven ability. So Mm -hmm. they didn't show me they could sing. They didn't show me they had an instrumental um, gifting. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't at the time availability. Now I could have made room for them to have an option and to have a chance to sing or whatever and kind of prove themselves and work their way up. And this has happened more than once. So I'm not just talking about one person. This has happened multiple times. Um, So it needs to, it needs to fit all three to really be a clear calling, I would say. Mm. Right. So to make it easy, I I chose all words with a in it to try to make it kind of work together. Yeah. But the way I was originally taught it was it needs to be an opportunity. So that Mm -hmm. would be, availability it needs to be actually something that's available 
Mm. Right? And right. options. So opportunity then an option. If it's not an option for you just because of time or space or your own giftings or your abilities, mm-hmm. then it's probably not what you're called to, at least not in that season. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the undeniable urge is the best way to put unavoidability. Yeah. It mm. is an urge in you. It feels like you have to do it. Mm. It's like when you make up your mind that you're going to ask a girl on a date, it's that feeling like I have to do this. Yeah. I mm-hmm. have to. And if I don't, it's going to ruin the rest of my day. It'll ruin my week. It could ruin my month. <laughs> mm. could be right. an opportunity missed, right? Mm-hmm. We start asking all those questions. It's the same thing with your calling as mm. if you were to ask a girl on a date. <laughs> yeah. If there's that unavoidability, there's that mm. undeniable urge like, I have to do this. Yeah. It almost pushes you out of your complacency or it'll push you out of your doubts. Mm-hmm. And it'll make you ask for opportunities, mm-hmm. right? So it kind of needs to be all three to really say yeah. you're, you're confirming that calling. Mm-hmm. So if if you have an, a situation like you're describing, right, where maybe you approach somebody and you felt for sure this thing was what you were called to do, and as you do it, maybe it is an option for you. Maybe you are gifted at that. Maybe you are. Maybe it is available to you, mm-hmm. but the urge starts to back off. Or the availability mm. starts to lessen for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going for a job interview and you feel 100% sure this is the job for me, the undeniable urge is there, I'm feeling pulled to it, it's mm-hmm. an option, I have the degree there, yeah. I have all the schooling they're asking for, I have the three plus years experience, whatever. Yeah. Like, that's not a job for you until they give it to you. That's right. So it's not yeah. available, mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. the opportunity can be taken away from you. Mm. And so what do you do if, if that kind of, and it, that sounds like a heartbreaking mm-hmm. situation. Like, you know, and I'm sure, you know, perhaps someone like listening could be in that position where, you know, a dream, a calling um, was crushed. Yeah. What do you do when your heart's broken? And, you yeah. Know, and, and you have to guard your heart. Right. Okay. It comes back to that point of guarding mm. your heart in the situation of like not clinging so tightly onto something that's not yeah. yet yours. Right. Oof. Right. Oof. If it's not already yours and you're yeah. laying claim to it. Okay. Let's take this for an example. Yeah. It's kind of a funny example. Yeah. I've heard stories of people being approached, mm. like a pastor being approached. People know he's single. A lady comes up to him and says, I believe God is telling me I'm to be your wife and and here's a gift. Now, what do you do in that moment? (laughs) You're now putting yourself in a position. Well, she put herself in the position Mm. to be crushed, right? Mm. I mean, the availability is there. Mm. He's single, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She obviously felt an undeniable urge to come and approach him, mm-hmm. right? But it has to be an option, and he has to want it. Right. <laughs> and if he doesn't, it's not meant to be, right? You're not right. called to it. Mm-hmm. So you got to guard your heart and not allow mm-hmm. yeah. allow things like this to get to the point where you're so obsessed with something before it's actually yours, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's the same with the job. Mm. You're going to go through a lot of job interviews, I'm sure, 
everybody does go through job interviews. In fact, it's a really good healthy habit to go to job interviews, not to get the job. Now that's that as a a business owner, that sucks, but it's like when people have come and they've interviewed with me Mm. and they've really wanted the job, Mm. it kind of skews the way I would interview them compared to Mm. if they showed up and they were like, you are just another job on my list of interviews I'm having this week. It's like, okay, now me have to kind of fight to want this person if they're good. Right. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Like if you come in with guns blazing, like I want this job. It's my only option. This is all I've got. Yeah. It's like, now I don't need to fight for it. Now I can just be like, okay, like how much money do you want? Oh, 18 an hour. Okay. Well, I could probably pay you 16. Right. Instead of somebody's like, well, I have other job opportunities and I've been offered 18 an hour, but I'd like to work for you for more. That might entice me to want to offer them more, mm. right? There's that kind of that mental game and that. Yeah, I, I realize I'm getting wisdom. into something a little that we're not really talking about. Okay. But but I think what I'm yeah. hearing there is wisdom. Absolutely. That when someone has the wisdom to guard their heart um, in the context of, of you know, a job and, and, and a call in this topic of, of calling, um, it demonstrates a, a level of maturity for sure, spiritual maturity, and also like, yeah, wisdom. Absolutely. Um, like going to multiple yeah. job interviews as like just interview experience, yeah, is a really good practice, actually. <laughs> I don't hey, think they celebrate yeah. that enough in high school. And yeah, no, I, I actually have like never guidance heard of that. and they're yeah. like, you know, trying to tell you where to go to, to school or whatever, yeah, they're not true. telling you. Go to like eight job interviews before you even go to university. No, that's true. I can right. confirm that. That's worked out. For, Dude, it'll yeah. shake off yeah. all of the like fears of job interviews. Yeah, you're just going just for fun, just to learn. Yeah. And just to build, yeah, build a new relationship. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so on, on that note, another kind of bit more of a uh, like real and tough scenarios. I think that's important to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Obviously, when we, I mean, in every aspect of our lives, but specifically with calling, a big part of that is to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And and you are obviously a man who um, is knows God on that level, and you know has a prophetic gift. And um, so, something I really wanted to ask you: when we're following the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, in addition, you know, to the Word of God and all those other important pieces. Uh, what do you do when you really felt that Holy Spirit invited you to um, step into something, mm-hmm. but after you stepped into it, again, it, it, it hasn't worked out or it hasn't led to fruit. How do you guard your heart against some of the like doubt that can and, and hardenedness that can start to to creep in? Because, yeah. you know, of course, like, the Bible says, you know, we, we know in part and we see in part mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but we will see clearly in the future. For sure. But it, while, while we're in this place of the in-between, how do you, how do you guard your heart against doubt and hardness? Right. Yeah. I, I think that you, you can't stop rejection from happening again. Mm. You can't stop. Like if you felt called to something and you tried it and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's like a great example of that would be, let's say you went on one date ever. You've only ever dated one girl ever, and it was horrible. 
Her breath stunk. She dressed like a slob. And she didn't talk the whole time. You're just, like, asking questions. And she was giving you, like, yep, no, like. Now, would you ever date again? Mm. Or would you Mm. say, well, I tried it and it's not for me. I felt like that was just a waste of my time or it hurt, right? Mm -hmm. No, of course not. You try again, Mm -hmm. right? In a healthy scenario, you would try again. You would maybe Mm. not date her again, (laughs) but you would find somebody else who would more closely match what you're looking for, right? Right. And so, like, to try to avoid a disappointing situation, I hate to say it, but you can't. Like, that's mm. that's life. You really can't yeah. avoid it. Like you said, you don't know. Mm. This isn't in the Bible, but it's basically what you said, is hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty vision is only when you look back, mm-hmm. right? So... All you can do is really test it and try it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of scripture on on testing. Yeah, you know, testing. Yeah, that's right. A big thing that uh, I, I would think is more maybe in the entrepreneurial world mm. is mm-hmm. to change the verbiage of failure. So if mm. you treat something like that like a failure, change oh. the verbiage into a learning opportunity. Yeah. So that's it's good. not my business failed. It's my business was a learning opportunity or yeah, that sale didn't, good. didn't work out. That was a failure. No, that sale was a learning opportunity. Yeah. Not absolutely. only change the wording, but change your heart position and your mm. expectation. Oh, that's so good. And it will, yeah, for sure. It changes, changes a lot when you're talking about this stuff. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. And, and, you know, I, I think that also sounds like, you know, that completely applies to our walk with Jesus because that almost sounds like a bit of the a big part of the sanctification process. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like what we're we're being sanctified, and sometimes it can come from disappointments and heartbreak and thinking that we we're going in one direction when you know it's another. And yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I think that completely applies to our, to our walk with Jesus. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, now here's another here's another spicy well, it's spicy, but <laughs> interesting. No, we're not doing anything. No. Here's another interesting one. What if you feel called to something you do not want to do? Right. E.g. some people are <laughs> some people what if what if you feel like you're called to evangelize to people in Africa, but that's not something you want to do at all? What do you do about that? Right. Well, let's just, let's narrow it down to just evangelism, period, right? Right, yes. Let's just go to there first. Yeah. What if God's telling you to evangelize? Well, guess what? He is. It's literally in the That's Bible. Right. It tells you. That's right. <laughs> so um, if you take the word of God seriously, yeah. you're called to that, right? Right. That's right. Um, okay, now putting a place on it, mm. um, let's pick wherever. Let's pick Uganda, just... Yeah. It's the first country in Africa that came up. Yeah. It's God calling you, okay, to go and evangelize in Uganda. Yeah. And you've never been to Uganda. And, like, if there's a reason you feel you shouldn't go, you got to figure out what that reason is, right? Mm-hmm. If it's because you're, you have a fear of the unknown, I don't think you have a fear of your calling. You have a fear of the unknown. Yeah. Right? If you're called to go to Uganda to evangelize people and you don't want to do it, yeah. it comes down to obedience, right? Mm. If God is asking you to do something, you have the decision every time. 
Literally mm-hmm. every day you have the decision yeah. to follow Christ or to walk away. That's right. It's about that's obedience, right. man. Yeah. And so, so in, in something like that, I mean, there's biblical examples of it. I mean, the entire book of mm-hmm. Jonah is mm-hmm. in a very mm-hmm. descriptive story of that. Yeah. Where Jonah was told by God, you're going to go to Nineveh and you need to tell the people there to repent and turn back to me. And Jonah had whatever, call it racism or whatever, Mm. of not liking the people there Mm -hmm. and didn't want them to repent, didn't want them to turn back to God. So he ran, right? Mm. And while he's on a ship, bad things are happening. So the people are like, what is happening? And he straight up tells them, I'm running from God. He's causing this. So they take Mm -hmm. Jonah and they chuck him into into the lake. He gets swallowed by a fish, right? Yeah, yep. That fish spits him out on the shores of Nineveh. Yeah. <laughs> and while he's there, like Una- while he's in the belly of this fish. Unavoidability. <laughs> yeah, literally. While he's in the belly of this fish, he's like, okay, God, if you if you let me out of here, then I will. Yeah. He's literally forced. Now, that is a situation where, to use the theological term, I guess, would be the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. where he takes right. a situation and takes control of it, mm-hmm. right? That's more of a a biblical example. We don't hear of a lot of things like that mm-hmm. today, yeah. right? That's more right. an exception to the rule. Yeah. But Jonah did. He did tell the people. He did tell them, you need to turn back to God and repent. Mm-hmm. And it said the entire city turned back to God. Mm. Now, you'd think, yeah. you'd think you'd celebrate your success, mm. but he was so caught up in his not wanting them to turn back to God and his hatred of them that he actually sat up on a hill and, like, pouted like the last chapter or two of the of the book of jonah is talking about how he's sitting and there's like a he's sitting under a leaf and a worm comes and eats the leaf now he's getting scorched by the sun like he's just this dude's getting tortured i mean talk about depression and anxiety this guy's got right so um but he's trying to he's trying to wallow in their celebration Mm -hmm. right he's not weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice he's choosing to do the opposite yeah. And so, yeah, but he couldn't avoid it, mm-hmm. right? Unavoidability. Yeah. 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 That's wild. So, yeah, even hmm, even if, if, if God has called you to something, it sounds like he'll make it happen. I would say there's, you have to partner your obedience. That's, mm-hmm. you, don't want, you don't want to get to the point where God will... Either he's going to choose somebody else to do it, mm, yeah, right? Which in that case, you've missed an opportunity yeah. to give him the glory, right? Yeah, like when Jesus, when Jesus prayed, mm-hmm. like he taught the prayer to the disciples, right? The Lord's yeah. Prayer. Yeah. It's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, mm-hmm. your will be done. Mm-hmm. Those two lines, I said that yes. in my message. Yeah. You're literally saying, God, I'm choosing to partner when you're saying, when you're praying, your will be done. You're literally praying, I will be obedient to what you, mm. what your will is. Yes. Right? Mm, We're not just praying cool. it. We need to partner our prayers with our obedience. Yeah. You can say it all, all you want, but to actually make it a prayer, you mm. need to partner your faith with action. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, that's actually funny you bring that up because I, you know, the past few days I've been really thinking about the power of the Lord's Prayer, how much there is behind that and just repeating that to myself over, you know, the period of the day. And it's been, yeah, like it's, 
there's so much behind each line yeah. of that prayer. Yep. And the obedience piece is important. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. 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 And you ask your kingdom come, your will be done. You're actually volunteering yourself to be a part of that, to go in line with that. Yeah. How much, more, how much more can you refer to him as Lord if you're not willing to That's have right. his kingdom come, right? That's right. How much yeah. more, like, if you can do something in obedience mm-hmm. to see a part of heaven come yeah. to earth, as it is in heaven, is the next lines, right? Mm. It's not just your kingdom come, your will be done, but it's on earth. Mm-hmm. Like, we want what's happening in heaven to happen on earth. Mm-hmm. If we can partner with what God's calling us to. yeah. And have that happen, see people's lives be turned towards, towards Jesus, towards mm-hmm. the Father. I mean, that's what greater reward is there? Yeah, we're all called to be a part of building, like playing a role in building the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so to, to kind of bring our, our conversation full circle yeah. to... Um, the kingdom of God, specifically in the context of church, the family of God, the bride of Christ. Right. Um, can you speak to, yeah, like how we can find our place within the body of Christ, within yeah. within the church, and and how we can find our role in yeah. building the kingdom of God within our, our church family? Absolutely. So yeah. there are some really practical things you can do. Yeah. Um, you can literally take a giftings test. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure most young adults have heard of the Enneagram test. Nice. You can take the Enneagram and find out where you naturally lie on there. Yeah. Now that's not a like, I mean, take that as what it is, right? Um, but there's yeah. also like spiritual giftings tests you can take. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. also um, tests you can take that will give you where are you highest gifted in the fivefold ministry of prophet, mm. pastor, teacher, evangelist, yes, and yeah. preacher, right? Yeah. Um, where are you in that mm-hmm. to find out, okay, maybe you are more gifted as a preacher. Okay, well, mm. how do you develop that, mm-hmm. right? How do you develop evangelism? Well, it's small steps, right? How do mm. you develop as a prophet? You don't find out that you're you're naturally gifted in prophecy and then turn around and and call up Justin Trudeau on the phone and be like hey I've got a prophetic word for you okay buckle up like you don't <laughs> that's a different that that's a funny. different level yeah. right <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be bold <laughs> yeah but that's the office of the prophet mm. which is different than the prophecy that we do yeah and that's, that's most rare, commonly right yeah. oh for sure yeah. yeah I mean some of the people who give <coughs> excuse me the more like accurate prophetic words on a Sunday, mm. I think there's only one or two in mm-hmm. all of our church yeah. of almost 2,000 people mm-hmm. who are called to the office of prophet. Now mm-hmm. that's been tested as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the Bible says all can. So mm-hmm. we need to know what is our giftings and operate in them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, using those practical tools and then, yeah, going out there and, and finding, yeah, finding and, and testing, yeah, and trying it out. Yeah, knowing yeah. your your own personality is huge. Yeah. You can take those personality tests that'll, that 
EFRM or whatever they are. I don't even know. Mars it's Briggs? been years since yeah. I've done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the the, the other one that, that we do, uh, they do it with the Berkman. LMS. Berkman assessment. Berkman. Yes, that one. Yeah. That one is solid. I mean, mm. that, that's more accurate, I think, than any of the other ones. Yeah. It's a lot more yeah. detailed, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's a huge thing. Now, if you don't have access to any of that, you can Google it. <laughs> or... <laughs> If you just want to know, okay, where do I fit in right now? What is a practical mm-hmm. step I can mm-hmm. take tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Try out serving somewhere yeah. on a Monday night. That's night's, right. right. Come on. Like, That's right. We need people who can yes. serve coffee. We need people who can Amen. just say hello at the door. Yes, right? sir. It doesn't need to be anything bigger than that. <laughs> so sign up. Yeah. <laughs> we're plugging even without trying. <laughs> Sunday mornings. Get in yeah. the parking lot and point people where to park. I mean, it's it doesn't need to be more difficult than that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, email heather at lakemount.ca. We need parking people right now, so I'm I'm actually going to double plug that. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) We need, yeah. Yeah, parking, security. I mean, there's a lot of places that people, when you've proven yourself to be faithful, when you've proven yourself to be trustworthy, it's just like one more level. Now, serving doesn't need to be a every week commitment, right? Mm -hmm. It can be, but it doesn't need to be. In fact, it's probably unhealthy if it is every single Sunday, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like uh that's right. Yeah. But <laughs> you control the level of commitment, right? Yeah, no, yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, that's something. Yeah, I I love serving, but I have to remind myself some Sundays to to just yeah, for sure. Enjoy. Um okay. A question <laughs> to close this off. Yeah. Um so obviously a question that is on most young adults mind is relationships. Right. And so um, I'm wondering if you can tell us about how you, you know, like, how you met Becca and what was, you know, what was your story like and what what's some advice that you could give okay. young men of yeah. our time based yeah. on your experience? Okay. I'll give you the really short version of our yes. day. <laughs> we, uh, so we met in the high school. We went to different high schools. I was playing in bands, like I mentioned, and her brother played in a different band. And so there weren't a lot of Christian bands around that were playing, so we would play together often. And so I became really good friends with her brother, um, who's actually my business partner today. And so, yeah, she was the younger sister tag along, just hanging out at at stuff. And um, he became part of our band, her brother, Ben. And so she would come out to band practice and then we became friends from that. We dated for a month and it was a disaster. Oh, yeah. I think really? I was in grade 11 and she was in grade nine and yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, then years go by, basically we were friends at a distance, like acquaintances. And then, um, obviously we were young and you know, when you're young, you're not mature enough to even, have a girlfriend really when you're in high school let's be honest here you're not thinking about the right things at that point i i would agree (laughs) so she came back into my life um i at that point was already leading worship at that other smaller church Mm. and i was probably 23 24 i had my life a lot more figured out at that point and so yeah it was like she saw a mature man who didn't exist before Mm. and i saw a mature girl who is no longer whatever 
being mm. bratty, <laughs> whatever. Wisdom and maturity are attractive. Absolutely. Mm. So that's how we got back together. Mm-hmm. So that was February. We were engaged in August. And yeah, the rest is history. So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was the second part of your question? Just advice. I think the, a big <coughs> part of that you mentioned already, wisdom and maturity. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an important thing to emphasize. For that's sure. Attractive. Yeah. 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 And trusting ultimately trusting God's timing with your mm. your relationships. Like That's there's hard. no there's no right or wrong way or right or wrong age, right? Like yeah. just cuz I got married at 26 or 27 doesn't mean that you need to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, no. It needs to look different for everybody. I mean, one of my cousins got married the day after his wife turned 18. So it was like the first day that she was technically legally allowed to be married. <laughs> so Wow. I mean, that wasn't my story for sure, but, and I've known people that get married in their 60s. In fact, a guy mm. I know, I just found out recently, just got engaged, and he's in his late 40s. He's been single his entire life. Oh. Like, had girlfriends, but never a wife. And so, wow. yeah, I'm celebrating with him for That's sure. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, there's so, hope for There's all no timeline. <laughs> there's no timeline. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, yeah. AJ. I really appreciate it. I learned so much from that. Um, yeah, a lot to think about as well. So thanks for, for sure. yeah, tackling those, some some of those challenging questions. Of course. Head on with me. And I think, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm praying that, yeah, for those of you listening, that um, Holy Spirit puts something on your heart based on, yeah we chatted about so thanks again aj we are back um this upcoming monday for lake my young adult so come on out we start at 7 30 but if you show up earlier we have coffee from 7 to 7 30 um so come on out hang out with us and also we just put this on social media we have a rally coming up soon in april so stay tuned we're gonna have more information um i don't know if i'm allowed to share this yet but so far our plan is to have a candy bar so if you love Jesus, yes. you love friends, you love candy, come on out. Who doesn't? Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> Amen. So thanks again. Of course. See you guys Monday, and we will, yeah, we will see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week, and we hope to see you soon.